This is 680 CJOB. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Main Ingredient. Kevin Bergen here. We are missing Krista Hall. She's jamming on me tonight. You know my love for beer is deep. And I've talked to pretty much every brewer in the city. Tonight, I'm going to talk to a home brewer, Steve Shaw, who uh, is a guy that um, is very interesting to me, has been brewing beer for years, was born in Belfast, Northern Ireland, and uh, is in Winnipeg here brewing beer at home, and I want to know how he does it with a family. Steve, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. You know, first, let's cheers to the, to the beer that you, you brought. Let's cheers. cheers. I like you already. You brought beer and you said, hey, let's open it right now. So let's have a sip. And then you, first, let's talk about what we're drinking. Well, here we have- um, You brewed this at home? Yeah. Uh, this is an orange ginger saison. So it's a saison style beer with candied ginger and orange zest added to it. That is- you, Okay, so you brewed this in your basement. In my basement. You must have a lot of friends. I have a lot of friends. <laughs> uh, and it's, and it's <laughs> That's crazy. ingredients that I'm able to buy in the city and just produce it myself. Dude, that is, I'm, you're not going to take another sip. I'm going to just have to sip some more. Wow. I could have a few of those. <laughs> like, <laughs> how are you so skinny? I don't even know how you're so skinny. <laughs> okay. Let's talk a bit about your background. You are not from here. You're from Ireland originally. Correct. Born in Belfast. Um, my family emigrated here when I was two years old. Um, as I'm sure you're aware, the history in Belfast is a little bit tumultuous, mm-hmm. tumultuous, and, um, my family wanted me a better life for me. So, um, they opted to move here. We had other family in the province and I ended up in Thompson. So I grew up in Thompson. From Belfast to Thompson, Manitoba. Correct. Wow. I, I guess you probably wouldn't know different when you're two years old. You don't really have anything to compare to, right? You know, people, um question how early you can have a memory, mm-hmm. but I remember being on the plane and I remember the doors of the Toronto airport opening and feeling the heat. Really? I remember those things. Wow. That's crazy. I moved here when I was five in the same year and, um, my memory, cause I moved here from London, England. I don't remember anything. I remember crying because my mom went on a different rode on a different car there. I had like this, I was attached to my mom and, uh, but things before that, I don't really remember that, remember that much. Maybe my brain is a lot smaller than yours. You look a lot, a lot smarter than me. All right. So your, your dad was a home brewer. My dad brewed, um, through my youth from about 12, pretty much till I left Thompson. Um, yeah, he, uh, he brewed when he was younger in Ireland and then in the eighties, he decided to start home brewing again. Was that a big thing in Ireland, home brewing? I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know. Um, but when he was brewing um, in my youth, it was all like Cooper's kits, the pretty simple um, system. A lot of people still use them. Uh, is Cooper, is that a brand or is it's that a Cooper's method? A brand, yeah. It's a, basically a can of malt extract. Mm-hmm. You add it to some water, add yeast, and in a little while you have beer. Mm. So it's pretty simple. Right. Okay. So at what point did your love for beer begin? <sighs> when, when did you first taste beer and like it? I don't know if I can answer that. Um, I remember through my university education, going to a lot of local pubs. Imagine Uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think most, most people do. Um, but my friend group would not be drinking, you know, your standard OV or club or what are your macro beers? Um, we would be drinking more, uh, Big Rock and, uh, Rickard's Red and the things that had more flavor at the time, what was available in the mid nineties, right? Right. And those were very different back then. Absolutely. hundred percent. Absolutely. And there was a local, um, craft brewer 
uh, at Osborne. I forget the name of the place. Yeah, which one was that? River something brewery. Is that two rivers? No, no. It was actually a a tap room. You could go in there and have beer. Wow. Right where Jekyll and Hyde's was. Yeah, that's been a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. It was a brewery at one point. So I remember being in there and, and having a flight of beer for the first time. Um, so that was kind of my first real exposure to it. But it wasn't until I moved to the U.S. that things really kind of hit and I got to taste a lot of different things from a lot of different places and see what the spectrum of flavors could be, mm-hmm. what the different styles of beers could be. And, you know, like the first time I had an IPA, I just about blew my mind. So <laughs> like a real one. Right. Know? And, uh, <laughs> what is this? I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, it's going to sound kind of silly to some people who know something about beer, but Dogfish Head 90 minute IPA was the first beer that I remember really blowing my mind. Mm-hmm. When did you first decide to make a beer? Like mm. enjoying beer and making beer, two totally different things. Like I, I love beer to death. I like, don't think I'd ever have the patience or the know-how to, to sit there and make it. I'm too, I just want to drink it. Right. To me, it was, I, I was almost a victim of circumstance. My wife and I moved back to Canada in um, 2009, and the craft beer scene in Winnipeg at the time was not what it is now. Totally. It's amazing. Ten years. But it, that it, Absolutely. Yeah, it is amazing what the difference, even in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. but back in 2009, what was available here locally, even at the, at the local liquor stores mm-hmm. was so limited that I was just really frustrated. I couldn't buy anything that I wanted. Right. And so my friends and I, we would road trip down to Grand Forks and Fargo, spend three, $400 and bring our beer back hmm. because we couldn't buy anything we wanted locally. Um, it was frustrating. So I said, well, there's gotta be a better way. I'm going to. I'm going to DIY. I'm going to make it myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh. What did your friends think when you're saying that? I don't remember any opposition. One of my friends was, was p- kind of my partner in crime. Mm-hmm. He would come over and help and we'd split ingredients and, and do things together. Right. So my, my dad, he obviously had a background in some homebrew. Right. So. So he's, he's your go-to kind of, hey. He's my go-to. Oh, he yeah. had a bunch of excess equipment and enough to get me going. How old was that equipment? Decades. Usable? Totally. Really? I mean, we're talking about simple things. A pot, a large thermometer, and a large spoon. Like oh, it's not, so the, it's yes. not much, right? right? Yeah. Um, you buy yourself a bucket and you're, you're good to go. Oh. Um, so for very limited dollars, I had a working setup that I could do on my stove and source some ingredients and I was off to the races. So the first few beers that I made were not terrible. they they were better than what i could buy like for the styles that i wanted they were better than what i could buy so i was pleased this is working and you know after a couple of years i started to get pretty decent at it so then i started formulating my own my own recipes and and making beers completely from scratch okay you know we're we're, we're gonna get into that we're gonna take a little break and then we're gonna talk about the beers that you made from scratch because obviously as you're as you make more beer it's, it's evolving. You're, you're probably figuring out what works and what doesn't work, right? Um, we're going to return more and talk with home brewer Steve Shaw here on The Main Ingredient on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to The Main Ingredient. Kevin Bergen still here with home brewer Steve Shaw. And before the break, we were talking about his introduction to home brewing and how it evolved to making beer from scratch. So when you say beer from scratch, Steve, what exactly do you mean? 
Well, when I first started home brewing, I was doing um, kits, recipe kits that I would purchase from retailers. What comes in a kit? That depends. Um, kits can be as simple as pre-boiled wort. It's a bag of wort that you pour into a bucket and add some yeast to it. Or it could be uh, malt extract, which is almost looks like molasses. It's a very thick, viscous syrup that you boil down, add some water to it, and and then add your yeast. So it could be as simple as that. I was doing things that were a little bit more complex than that. They were steeping grains. So it's basically bags of grain that you make a tea with in a, in a pot of water, mm-hmm. and then add the the uh, malt extract and the, the and go from there. So th- I was already starting up the rungs just a little bit. Right. I guess they become as simple or as complicated as you want it to be. Absolutely. It's kind of the beauty of the hobby is that you can start for very, very little, mm-hmm. or you can dive in the deep end and, you know, go for a few thousand dollars and really get a, a high-end system. So you can you can run the spectrum. How long did it take you to go to in the deep end? About four or five years, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. What did your wife think when you started making it? Making beer making in beer. general? Yep. Because uh, obviously there's a process. It's not like it's... Odor free. No, it is definitely not. You got kids and a wife, and yeah, I had kids and a wife, and I'm doing it in the kitchen, (laughs) and I'm blocking supper, and it's taking too long, and all of those things that go along with it. um, Yes, that all happened. Yep, she sure seems to change. She's the reason why you're here. She seems to have changed her mind. Yeah, no, it. You learn tricks. You do things faster. You have different equipment. Um, you have a more dedicated space, you do things outside there. There are many different ways to deal with those scenarios. Right. So in your mind, there was no not making beer. There was just making the beer situation easier for everybody. Correct. Like, okay, I won't do it in the kitchen. Then I'll have my own dedicated space. And you don't like that smell? Well, I'll find something else that smells like this or whatever. You're just kind of changing to accommodate everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I dig it. Pretty much. Okay. So, so the scratch portion, you, you've, 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 You've made a scratch, you made beer from scratch yeah. with different ingredients. I made, you know, probably 20, 30 batches or something from kits. And then I started wanting to tweak what I was getting. So I'd buy a base kit and then I would add new flavors. I'd add some other things to it, change it a little bit. Was this because you wanted to, or maybe your friends are, obviously you are the beer guy now, literally your friends are drinking your beer. Yeah. Are they ha- giving you opinions, uh, input on the kind of beer that you're making? No, I wouldn't say that they were directing me in any way, just... I wanted to push boundaries and do something that I wanted to mm-hmm. do. You know, I wanted to have more control, make flavors that I wanted. And that's really all it was about. Um, so then I started, you know, questioning what flavors would go together. What could I put together that would make a product that I would be pleased with, happy with? Like making your own rules. Make my own rules. Um, which is another wonderful thing about the hobby is you can make whatever you want. There are no rules, Right. Fully. If, if it tastes good, it tastes good. It doesn't make a difference, you know, what ingredients in if there. If it tastes good to you, it's good. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, um, I think w- I remember one of the first beers that I made almost entirely from scratch. I called it Scotchtoberfest, which was, uh, it's a play from- <laughs> Can you even name it what you want? You can. And it's, it's from the Simpsons. And, uh, I, I have a lot of my beer names have TV or music or movie references. Um, keep it fun. Yeah, absolutely. Keep it fun. And this was a smoked scotch ale with heather in it. And it was one of the weirdest beers I'd ever tasted mm-hmm. and uh, didn't like it at first. And then it sat in a bottle for about a year. And then all of a sudden it was quite amazing. You, you, you left it there on purpose or you were just doing other things and it happened to just sit there? I left it on purpose 
but I kind of forgot about it. Oh, yeah, because I'm going, that's some serious patience to actually leave something there for a year on purpose at home. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I can crack it whenever I want. There's always an opportunity to crack it and drink it. Yeah, well, one of the things about home brewing is, particularly when you start out and you're bottle carbonating, mm-hmm. you need to store your beer for a period of time. But, so, okay, so what is bottle carbonating? Bottle carbonating is, well, be, homemade beer is live. It's a, it's a live product. It's mm-hmm. not pasteurized. So the, the beer is live. The yeast is still live in the bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, and you add a little, it's called priming sugar to the product in the bottle, cap it. And the yeast that you've added, that the yeast that are still live in the bottle, eat the sugar and carbonate the beer. Mm-hmm. So that's how you get a, a bubbly product. Gotcha. When you go later, uh, deeper into brewing, you get a kegging system. And now you're force carboning. So you get a can, a car- canister of CO2 and you pump CO2 into the beer and, and carbonate it that way. So it's a little bit different. Is that what you do now? That's what I do now. You, uh, how did you find the brew bombers? Maybe you can tell people what the brew bombers are and how you found the brew bombers. Well, I'm not really involved with the brew bombers. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I've, I've never had the opportunity to go to their meetings. They're a little bit far away from me and timing wise with little kids, it's a challenge. Yep. But Winnipeg does have a few really good resources for anybody who wants to get into home brewing. Uh, the Winnipeg Brew Bombers is a local club. They meet, meet on the first Tuesday of the month. Not a great club, a beer club. Yeah. A bit. And they, of course they sample beer and, yep. you know, critique awesome. each other's products. Yep. And, yep. Um, and then there is a Facebook group, but also called uh, Winnipeg Home Brewers. Mm-hmm. So two great resources locally to, to learn and get advice. Yeah. I find guys who brew beer are really eager to tell other people and share knowledge. Is that, is that the case? Absolutely. Um, I don't think I've ever met a home brewer who wasn't willing to talk about their processes, taste your beer, give some feedback, help you out. Like that's just a part of the game. That's killer. That's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, you you compete. I do compete. Okay. Let's see. 2018 was a heavy year. You you consciously decided that you were going to compete as much as possible. Yes. What's the deal? Um, well, there's a, there's a home brewing competition circuit in Canada called, um, brewer of the year. Mm Mm-hmm. There are currently nine stops on the circuit, um, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Lethbridge, Saskatoon, Regina, Winnipeg, Ottawa, and Toronto, I believe. So all these contests throughout the year and, uh, you earn points for the most medals. So gold gets you three, silver gets you two and bronze gets you one. Okay. So what, okay. So first, how does the, how does the process work? Do you make beer and then send it in? Do you go there or like, how does it work? You could be either. Yep. Um, there are a lot of people who travel from Winnipeg and go to various competitions throughout the country to judge. Wow. It's a certified program to be a judge. Yep. Um, and I, I just, it's, I mail my entries in. So, uh, I ship, pack them up in a box, a lot of bubble wrap, ship them in. Lots. Lots of bubble wrap. You don't want them to break. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, uh, certified judges, there's a set format for how things get judged based on color, uh, appearance, sorry, uh, aroma, mouthfeel, flavor, and all of those components come together to, to give you a final score. Um, the best possible score is 50. And I don't think I've ever heard of anybody who got a 50, but. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess, I guess nothing's perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So I, last year I set a goal for myself to try and get in the top 10. And, um, entered as many contests as I could. How'd it go? I did okay. Did you? I did okay. Let's, let's remind everybody what we're drinking right now. This is the orange ginger saison. Orange ginger saison. Yeah. This is like, it tastes light, but very flavorful. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. 
Um, maybe, maybe let's talk about some tips for other home brewers. Tips for when you know what was easiest for what's the easiest way to start, and maybe some other resources that people can use if they want to get into it. Uh, I ask these long questions just so I can drink more beer. You know that, right? <laughs> um, some other resources: Reddit. Uh, for your listeners who are on on the internet, um, there is a very active home brewers group on Reddit, featuring some of the best industry professionals around. Uh, hop growers, yeast people, software developers, um, brewing professionals, all offering advice and like whoever, tips. right? Yep, it's wide open. Um, there's also a lot of really good magazines. I subscribe to Brew Your Own. Uh, there's a few others that you can get. So there's lots of ways that you can get advice. Uh, local libraries obviously have some literature as well that will help, and local retailers. There's a number of really good local retailers that yep. can help you out. Yep. Uh, my personal favorite, can I name drop? You can name drop whoever you want, man. My boys, That's what we're here for. My boys, Paul and Brad at Grain to Glass, um, they help me out all the oh, time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they were in the beer festival this year. They sure were. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, what about you? Let's say someone hears this and wants to talk to you about beer. Is that possible? Absolutely. Can people contact you? I'm quite active on the Facebook group, so uh, you know, if you drop a question on there, I'm certainly likely to help out. That's perfect. Thanks for coming, man. Thank you. I pre- hang on. You brought in, a, is the other beer, is it a different kind of beer? Yes. What kind of beer is the other beer? We have uh, chocolate peanut butter stout. I think we should try that. Okay. I think we should. Okay. Anyway, thanks for coming, man. All right. Thank you. Um, we're going to take a little break and we'll be back with more main ingredients here on 680 CJOB. This is 680 CJOB.